welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 18th of March 2018, entitled Hindrances of Satan, Part 2. And the Bible readings are taken from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 to 20. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, if you'd like to open your Bibles, first of all, to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. When you found that, just put your finger there. Or if you're using your digital form, then you just have to remember to go back to it. <laughs> Turn back, if you would, just a few pages in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 6, which of course has been the theme of our February conference for 17 years that we've been having that conference. We just came through it, and of course, the theme of our conference this year, just a few weeks back, was as believers. Of course, it's always being strong in the Lord. It's the verse, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And of course, that's what the conference is all about. But this year, particularly, the theme was about the advantage that we as believers have against the enemy, against the power of darkness. Without Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fight that enemy with. But with Jesus Christ, you have everything. And we want to, uh, uh, to read that passage beginning in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, which says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith which wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the word, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Keeping that in mind, folks, Turn over just a few pages to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm not going to read the whole chapter as we did in the first part of this sermon, but I'm going to pick up in verse 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 10 says, Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameable we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that you would walk worthy of God 
who hath called you into his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. They please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. He says in verse 18, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and our joy. May the Lord richly add his blessing to the reading of his holy and precious and perfect word. You see, as we continue our thoughts this morning, and I'm sorry if you, if you weren't here for the conference, you missed so much. And of course, Sunday before last, Last Sunday was Mother's Day, so we sidetracked a bit. We began looking at these passages because I truly felt in my heart that before that we come back to our series that we're normally doing on Sunday mornings, we'd had such great teaching and preaching on the advantage that we have as believers in this spiritual battle that we're in because without Jesus Christ, man can only fight his own battles. And that may be okay if we're fighting against flesh and blood and the enemies in this world. But the Bible tells us that we are in a spiritual battle. That we're not fighting against flesh and blood. And therefore it can only be fought spiritually. But he gives us all of the armor that we need. And we only need the one sword and that is the word of God. That is what we can attack the enemy with. But praise God for our faith <laughs> that he says will quench all the fiery darts that Satan might throw against us. As we begin to think of this battle that we're in and, and the fact that without Jesus Christ, man has no hope, but you do as believers. And of course, the Apostle Paul, he wrote this to the church at Thessalonica, talking about Satan hindering him. We would have come to you many times, but Satan hindered us. We have to realize, folks, we don't need to fear the enemy, but he's real. And the truth is, is that we do know that the, we are more than conquerors in the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to recognize our enemy that I don't care how short a time or long a time that you might have been saved, the enemy wants to hinder you. If he hindered the Apostle Paul, don't think that he's not going to hinder you. You say, well, do I have to be afraid of him? No, you have to be aware of him. Not afraid, 
aware of him. You need to have on your armor. You need to have the right fighting equipment to be able to, to fight him with. We find that it was 12 years after he wrote this passage in 1 Thessalonians, 12 years later that he wrote to the church at Ephesus and told them about putting on their whole armor of God. Paul knew from experience he knew the battles of the enemy. He was fighting the battles of the enemy. His entire ministry, he fought the battles of the ministry. Think of the apostles that went there that, that were the very foundation of our church that we're still part of today. From history, as far as we know, every one of them died. Martyrs' deaths, horrible deaths. They were put to death for their faith, for what they believed, for what they preached. With the exception of John, who was exiled to the Isle of Patmos left alone there on the island. Folks, the enemy is real. But what I want you to realize is you do have an advantage. If you're a child of God, if you're a believer, God has given you everything that you need to fight this battle. So what we began looking at following that was, was this reality that if Satan is real, and if Satan could hinder the apostle Paul from being somewhere that he wanted to be, what do we need to be aware of today? And we looked at a number of things, but we focused in that Sunday before last on this fact that Satan hinders in any way that he can. He'll hinder the sinner from coming to Christ. Now, this is what you've got to realize. The sinner has nothing to use against him. The sinner has no way to fight off the enemy. In First Thessalonians... Chapter 2, verse 16, he said that forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, why? That they might be saved. Why did the enemy want to keep them from speaking to the Gentiles? Because he didn't want them to be saved, to fill up their sin always, for the wrath has come against them. Well, we looked at a number of ways, good things and bad things that we might see sometimes, if there's any way. That Satan can hinder the sinner from coming to Christ. He's going to try everything in his power. We looked in Luke chapter 11. We saw where that there, it was the, the learned crowds, those that had all the knowledge and things, and Satan will try to use that. One of the greatest trials that we have today when our, when our children, our young people, that we may try to teach in the things of God, but when they have to go off to these higher learning institutions of the world, folks, God gives no gold badges for ignorance. I stated that this morning in the Bible study. Education is wonderful, and we ought to try to be everything that we can. But education, knowledge without God is incomplete. And many times being incomplete is wrong. Incomplete knowledge is dangerous. Satan will use the mind, the intelligence all these learned people, and he'll try to infiltrate the minds of each and every one and convince them that they don't need God, that God's not real. He'll try to convince them and take all of that away with the knowledge of this world. The Bible teaches us to be aware of that. Satan will use that if he can. We also saw how that he will use the secular crowd. We looked at how that even, even, even Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was there, and he was, he was just wanting to get up there and, and, and see God. But he couldn't for the crowd. <laughs> he couldn't get near to him for the crowd. 
It wasn't, it wasn't that the crowd was there trying to hinder him, but the crowd did hinder him. But he succeeded in climbing up in that tree, didn't he? He got over that crowd. But Satan will use anything. He'll use those secular crowds. We saw how he used the religious crowd. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. They were the most religious people of their day. He says, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. You're not only, you're not only suffering yourself not to be part of God's kingdom. You the religious crowd are suffering others not to. We will give an account one day, folks. You see, I can only, I can only ask God to save me. I can only pray my own prayer of repentance. I can pray for the lost, but my prayer won't save them. I can pray for God to do a work that I can't, but my prayer won't save them. What I want you to realize here, though, is there's a lot of people that are being hindered from the truth of salvation today because of the religious crowd. It's not just the world that's keeping them away from the truth. Satan is using it. He doesn't care if you go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any other night that anything's going on. If the truth of the gospel is not being preached to you, if God's word is not changing your life, he doesn't care. Satan will use that. He will use people in the pulpit. Are they saved or are they not saved? Well, there's probably some of both. <laughs> but the truth is, he'll hinder them from coming to Christ. And then we saw in Mark 2, 4, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was when they had broken it up. They let down the bed there into the palsy. This was where one was being hindered in getting to Jesus because of spiritual crowd, because of good people. There were just there were so many people there in the house that day that wanted to hear what Jesus had to say, but they had to overcome by literally climbing up on the roof and cutting a hole in the roof and lowering this one down to Jesus Christ. You see, if Satan had had his way, he would have liked to have kept that man out of there that day. See, it's not that we can't be overcomers, but you need to be aware. You need to be aware that Satan hinders... He hindered Paul. He'll hinder the sinner from coming to Christ. And I know you may not want to hear this this morning, but Satan hinders people from coming to church as well. <laughs> he will, especially if a church where the truth is being addressed. This letter is addressed to a church. It's the church at Thessalonica that he's writing this letter to. We find that the church is the visible body of Jesus Christ in this world. If they're going to see, you see, God has worked in different ways in different times. There's only ever been and will only ever be one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Old Testament, New Testament, they were looking forward to that day when their Messiah would come and die on the cross. We look back at the Savior that died on the cross for us. Folks, Jesus is the only way. He paid the price for sin, for all. But the truth is, is that God works in different ways. And in this age that you and I are in, he's the one. He's the one that founded the church. He's the one that's building his church. And it's through the church that he does his work. Not through the social clubs. Not through the governments. We may like them or dislike them. And there's a lot of charities out there that are doing awesome and great things. But that's not where the work of God is taking place. 
and he'll want to keep you away. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Does that sound like some place that Satan wants you to be? No. He'll either keep you out of church altogether or he'll keep you out of a church where the truth is going to be preached. Because you see, we begin in our Bible study time this morning. And if you weren't here, you ought to be here next time. But we begin there. Is truth important? Does truth really matter? You see, we don't go to church. You know, <laughs> I love you guys. And I tell you, know, one of the great problems that I have around here is that you guys love each other so much that when it comes time to go home, I usually have to start turning the lights out and locking doors for you to get the, the hint that it's time to make your way to the door. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad we have that problem. But it's not all of you. As wonderful as you are, as loving as you are, as much as you Enjoy that fellowship. You can go to a lot of churches today, and you won't find that. But there also are a lot that you will find it. But I hope that's not why you're here. I hope, I hope that you know that there's real love here, and there's real love here for you. But folks, this needs to be where you're getting the truth. If you're unsaved, <laughs> he wants to keep you out of a church of hearing the truth. If you are saved... There's no other way you're going to grow. There's no other food that's going to nourish you except the truth of God's Word. We need to be, at, be able to stand strong against the enemy. That's what all of this armor is all about. We've got to stand strong against this spiritual enemy. Notice that also here in the book of Ephesians, just before he tells us all this armor that we're to put on, notice back in, 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 in chapter 4, Notice that he gave special gifts to the church, and he gave them for a special purpose. He says there in verse 7, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Every one of us, it's all by God's grace that any of us are part of his body. Wherefore, he, has, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Listen to me. Nobody ever, ever made it into heaven until Jesus paid the price for them. Jesus is the one that gave them that eternal home. Why did he descend into Hades? We've looked at this passage when we're looking at the reality of the eternal abodes called heaven and hell. Why has Hades enlarged itself? Jesus Christ, and, and, and listen to me, the truth does matter. I'm not going to call a name. I, the, the guy's still a friend of mine. Matter of fact, he's a friend of yours too, Glenn. <laughs> it's somebody that many of you wouldn't know if I called his name today. I still love the man, but he stood in this pulpit that I'd entrusted him to preach. And he stood there and said one day that I know your pastor probably would not agree with this, but Jesus had to go into hell and suffer the torments of hell so that you could be saved. 
Jesus has never been subject to the Satan. Jesus has never been subject to him in hell. Yes, he descended into Hades, but he went to set the captives free, praise God. All of those Old Testament saints, they had been looking for that day. All of those sacrifices that were temporary, it was pointing to that day when their Messiah would come and he would die upon that cross and their sins would be paid for. He didn't go there because he had to go. Listen, listen to me. Truth matters. Hell is not the punishment for your sin. Hell is an eternal abiding place. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Heaven is not the reward for your sin. It's the other eternal abiding places. You will spend eternity, and there's only two places that you can spend eternity. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Death is what is the result of your sin, but death and hell and everything that's not alive will be cast into the lake of fire. The gift is eternal life, and God's the source of that life. And it's your sin that separates you from God. I used the illustration yesterday that, you know, it's not big enough. But let's just say that's the book that God's got every sin that you ever committed recorded in. Every bad thought, every action, even the things you thought about doing wrong, they're all recorded here because anything. You see, when the Bible tells us that all have sinned, all have sinned and come short, not of man's expectations, not of the greatest that ever lived, come short of the glory of God. <laughs> that's the only measure that really matters if that's all of your sin, you see, this is you. That's your sin. It's all on you. This is God. God wants you, but that sin separates you from God. God wants fellowship with you. God wants you to be with him for all of eternity. God loved you so much that he took on flesh and he came down to this earth. He took all your sin. He took all of your sin. He took it upon himself. And he died on that cross to pay for that sin, to put that sin away that it could never be remembered against you again. Why? So then there's nothing separating him from you. He wants that fellowship. He wants to give you that life. He wants to be the source of your life for all of eternity. Sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. The penalty of sin is death. Death will spend an eternity in that place called hell. But death is your real enemy. <laughs> oh, death, where is thy sting? <laughs> and the Lord Jesus Christ is put away. Our life is in him. And he wants you for all of eternity. Listen, folks, I'm not trying to teach you to be afraid of Satan. I want you to realize if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, there's only one person that wants to keep you from knowing him. That's your spiritual enemy, Satan. Every one of us, we've all been in the same boat. We're all sinners. But thank God, <laughs> my sins have been taken care of. Jesus Christ come and took them upon himself. His blood is what has put them away. And I've got fellowship with my Lord for all of eternity now. 
That's what he wants for you. The enemy wants to keep you from that. He wants to keep the sinner from coming to Christ. But whether you're a sinner or whether you're a saint, he wants to keep you out of the church of the living God. He wants to keep you out of the true church of Jesus Christ. He don't care if you get entangled up in all the religions of this world, but you need to understand Without Jesus Christ, you can be led astray. You can be inside of the four walls of places called church, but the Word of God teaches us that they're not all the church of Jesus Christ. That's where Satan wants to keep you from because he wants to keep you from, from, from the truth because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There's no other way that you can come to the truth except from God's Word and the Holy Spirit making that alive in your heart. No other way. But Satan will try to hinder you. The Bible talks about him darkening your eyes, dulling your ears. He'll get anything in the way that he possibly can. But notice what he says in the next verse. After that Jesus, before he ascended, he descended first, and he set those captives free. Listen. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. I know. <laughs> I may not be the prettiest gift you ever got. <laughs> but listen, folks. He gave. The apostles were the foundation of the church. To some, that was God's gift to them. That's where our church began with those apostles that in the end sacrificed all. The same ones, get this, the same ones that when they took Jesus into the judgment hall, when they were there and they were questioning him and they were mocking him and they were making fun of him, they all disappeared. Peter, even denying for the crowd. You know what? That same Peter that denied him there with that cock crew it was the same Peter that stood on the day of Pentecost under the power of the Holy Spirit saw 3,000 souls saved. Listen, it was Satan hindering. <laughs> Satan hindered those guys from, from being there with Jesus. They were afraid of the world. They were afraid. They just wanted to kind of blend in and not be noticed. But after Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose for them the third day, they were willing to be locked away on an island or give up their own lives for the truth they witnessed in Jesus Christ. Well, listen, Satan does not want you to come to Christ. And if you're lost or saved, he does not want you in a place that is the church of Jesus Christ, not because of a great preacher, but why? Did he give the church, the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors, those teachers, why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints. <laughs> for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. <laughs> some of you, some of you have put up with me for nearly 30 years now. <laughs> there might be a special crown for that when you get to heaven one day. Folks, what we have to realize, I'm not here because of who I am. I'm not here because of the job that I can do. If there were any of those things, I can promise you, I'd have been gone a long, long time ago. I'm here because God put me here. And as of yet, God won't let me leave, even though I've tried a few times. 
God said, no, that's where I want you. Unfortunately for you, I'm God's gift to you. <laughs> but not because of who I am. Because he wants the word of God to permeate your very being. That's what you're going to be judged by one day. That's what will bring you salvation. I can't do any of those things. But the power of the Holy Spirit can. And what the Holy Spirit will use is God's word, God's truth. And you need to realize if you're lost, Satan is going to try anything he can to hinder you from being under the truth of the gospel. And he'll hinder from any side he can. He'll try to hinder that person from coming in and witnessing to you. He'll try to hinder you from being here. <laughs> Maybe he uses the snow. <laughs> I don't think he's quite in control of that yet. <laughs> but I want you to grasp also, Christians, saints, he wants to hinder you from being here. Now, some of you may not like what I'm about to say, but <laughs> the problem is today is too many people don't like commitment. Who was it? I think it was Scott and I talking, talking last night in the kitchen. We're just talking about the fact that, you know, so many times, you know, the pastor, no matter what he does, it doesn't matter what songs that we sing, some are going to love it and some are going to hate it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what sermons we preach, some are going to like it and some are going to, oh, dread it. <laughs> We're a group of, of very diverse people. The thing is, is that we live in a world that, they're more concerned about coming together where they can be entertained. They're more concerned about what the church can do for them than they are about what they can do for the church. Wasn't that John F. Kennedy? <laughs> but ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I think that's a very pertinent question to the church today. Ask not what your church can do for you. But what can you do for the church? Satan will want to hinder you. Folks, if you come one time a week or three times a week, if you come once a month, or if I don't see you but once a year, I thank God every time that I see your wonderful, beautiful, smiling face. I'm not smiling sometimes either. <laughs> I do. I thank God for that. I'm not trying to be mean. But I'm saying most people are too busy. They don't have time to really be faithful and committed to the body. Why? Why? We, we come together. We try to come together a couple of times on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. But yet we have so many other things going on that we can only manage a couple hours here and a, and a couple hours there. We try to come together midweek. I look at the church in Jerusalem, the first church in and they were trying to come together every day of the week, it looks like. They just couldn't get enough of each other. I know life is busy, and I appreciate you. But I'm saying for a church to be a strong church, the church is not the building. It is the people, and it needs a committed people. What would your church be if every member were just like you? How many times would we have services how many different ministries would we have to be able to minister to others if it was dependent upon your commitment alone? That's not to be mean. I'm just saying we've got to ask these questions, folks. I'm saying just because that this building has been here since 1931, because that different people over the years have met in here, they call themselves a church. 
just because of all those years doesn't mean that it'll still be here at the end of 2018 or 2019 or 2020. It's only dependent. I thank God for those faithful that have gone before us. That is why that we can still be here today. I thank God. I thank God for that, literally, that half a dozen of aged people that, man, they still love the Lord. They were determined not to see these doors closed when God brought us here. I thank God for that. And I thank God for everyone that he's brought through those doors every day. But I'm telling you, we need to put on the whole armor of God. We are fighting a spiritual battle. We're fighting against the powers of darkness. The Bible makes that very clear. And we need God's armor. We have the advantage. If you're here and you're an unbeliever, you need Jesus Christ more than anything else in your life. As a believer, you need that whole armor. You need to engage the enemy. But you need to understand and be aware. He'll try to keep the sinner from being converted. But aren't you glad that in the end, God can conquer all? Don't let him keep you away from that. Saint, he'll try to keep you away from the house of God. He's given you these things that you might be perfected, that you might be able to grow, that you might be able to minister to others. Don't let Satan do whatever it is in your life. I got a whole list of notes up there that I could go through of all the ways that he'll hinder you from coming to church if he can. I'm just saying, if we're going, you know, above all, we need to be converted. But then he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. There were some already doing it then. But exhorting one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Hey, as you see what day? The end day when the Lord's coming, but Satan's fighting harder than ever to keep people away. We need to be committed. We need to understand. I want you to be aware. I couldn't mean it more with my heart, folks. I'm here for you to the best of my ability. And I will be to my dying breath if God keeps me here. You're stuck with me. <laughs> but listen, far, far more than you need me, far more than you need each other, you need the Lord. You need to have on that armor. You need to have that, that, that breastplate of righteousness. You need to have that, that shield of faith that will just shield away all those darts that Satan might throw at you. You need to have the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to fight the enemy with. Father, I know that even in my own heart, in my own mind, that, Lord, I've not been able to express the depths of the truths of this matter. Our enemy's real, but thank God. We have the advantage because we have Jesus Christ in our lives, and if there's anybody here today, that doesn't know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, I pray, dear Lord, that you would work in their hearts right now, that you would convict them of their sin, that you would draw them to this point to where they would accept and understand that Jesus Christ is their only salvation this day. Help them not to be comforted in their religion or anything else, but help them to know the reality of a truly converted life. And, Father, for every believer here today, I, I, I truly couldn't thank you more for them, Lord, but please help them to understand. The enemy does not want them to be a part of this church or any church that will stand and preach the truth. 
And the enemy does not want them to be faithful to this church. The enemy does not want them to be committed to this church. He wants to keep this body as weak as he possibly can. But I thank you that I know that we can overcome that enemy, that the victory is ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. But help us to be aware of his tactics and help us to be willing to do everything that we can to not give him the upper hand. Lord, work in hearts as only you can today. Lord, we seek nothing except for your glory and for your honor. Speak to hearts. Help each one, Lord, to respond in whatever way that they need to. That every one of us here today, thanks to you, thanks to your word, thanks to the power of the Spirit, can leave here different, more like our Savior than when we entered this place. We give you the praise and the thanks for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.